0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Shop Talk. How you doing, Jonathan? Guten Tag. Great. <laughs> How's that? That's great. Because I actually I can identify that when I think it's German, maybe. It is German. Yeah, see I didn't I didn't offend anybody by picking the wrong language this week. So it's great. Yeah,
1: there's Guten Morgan. Morgan? Morgan? Guten Morgan. And yeah. then there's Guten, guten Abend
0: Yeah. We're going to, uh, I'm not even going to t- pretend to know anything about languages, so we'll just leave it at that. Hey, so, um, little, little, we took a little break. We haven't been in the studio in two weeks, huh?
1: We haven't. We took a break.
0: Yeah. So, not, n- no episodes were missed, so we keep a couple of on reserve just so we can. That's right. Take a day off here or there, but uh, it was good. Kind of uh, reprieve, kind of re, uh, regenerate, get the creative juices flowing. I don't know if that's I, an actual thing, but.
1: My juices were flowing.
0: Yeah, we're going to leave that one alone. So, just I don't well,
1: know. <laughs> geez. Do you do
0: anything exciting? A kayaking? I, w- I went to Disneyland. That's your that's your go-to thing now. It's <laughs> Disneyland because you have that season pass.
1: Every chance I get, man. I'm just well, I mean, at this point, it's free, even though it's not free. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's a monthly payment, but it's I'm free. I'm going to Disneyland. Yeah,
1: that's it. You but guys aren't going to see me anymore. You right?
0: did do some kayaking though.
1: Uh, yeah, here and there. Yeah. But I went to Disneyland. Come on now. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's all you that's really, really talked really about is Disneyland. Here.
0: So, um, well, we're back in the studio. Uh, episode uh, 22, I believe it is. Yeah.
1: So I, I lost count. I, I mean, know. There's just so many.
0: And if you think about that, we're like three episodes away from doing this for six months. That's, is that how it works? Well, there's 52 weeks in an a year, and 26 weeks is half a year. So, Is that's, that how that works? That's how that works for me. We haven't missed a week, so it's... We have not missed a every week. ...every Friday for six months. So it's yeah. been a pleasure. It's been fun. I did enjoy the break, but now we're back. And uh, a guy in joining us in the studio tonight that we've talked about, I think, way back in episode one, three, two. one, yeah, yeah, several episodes, the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan joins us tonight. How you doing, Jordan? <laughs> Doing great. (laughs) Hi, honey. (laughs) So I know you two have a have a a a big history. Our history is only going back uh, the original Mountain Meadowview Mountain Goats when we used to ride on Thursday nights. Uh, But y'all go further back than that. So uh, we do. I'm going to let you uh, too far sometimes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh. You can yeah. Sometimes
0: at work you can yeah. They've known each other a long time. So uh, I'm going to let you uh, drive the boat tonight and uh, introduce the world, or our listeners, to the guy we've talked about, the guy that's been influential in in my training and and the things that I do now for a career, and I know that your history is even more intertwined Mm -hmm. and interesting, Mm -hmm. so uh, Mm -hmm. take it away, Jonathan.
1: Well, everybody, I am most excited to introduce you (laughs) to my friend. Some people might even call him my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jordan Freitas.
2: Yeah, your wife uh, on many occasions has said that uh, we're married in some ways. But That's
1: right. And even at work, Sherry says that we argue like a married couple.
2: <laughs> she
0: do argue. like. Yeah, she has said that. She
1: has. Several times. More than several times. <laughs> so, But
0: um, all in all, it's all for the betterment of the shop. I guess so. I think I don't know. <laughs>
1: sure. Uh, 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 yes. I mean, certainly uh, the fact that we, we can sit in a room, you know, together so close holding hands. Um, <laughs> there is no hand holding. Oh, yes, <laughs> there the is. Yes, there. Is. The <laughs> listeners cannot see it. Um, but uh, uh, we, we have a lot of history. Uh, um, you know, I, I met Jordan when he was 13 years old. I, I might have, you know, I, I, I've mentioned some things here and there throughout the podcasts and episodes. Um, But certainly we're going to spend tonight uh, uh, talking about uh, uh, the history of Jordan. And and, uh, again, we're really excited to introduce him to our listeners. So Um, so, uh, I I think I'm just going to head off with more questions uh, versus letting you, you know, free – you know, f- free spend or whatever you want to call works. it, you know? Yeah. Um, My first
2: time here. So, you know, I kind of got to get in the Got to get group in the groove. Yeah. It's all yeah, new. So yeah. feed me some questions, some, easy, right, some okay. easy ones.
1: Um. Well, I mean, so I guess we'll, I'll start with the statement first. Matt Jordan when he, was, when he was 13 years old. Um, and uh, I really became friends with your parents more than I was with you when you were 13 years old.
2: Which is funny because I don't really remember that.
1: Because you were 13 years old. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so, you know, your, your dad, Jerry, um, and uh, good old Darlene, mom, she loves me so much. Yes. <laughs> Just admit it. Okay? All she right. does love you. She, she does. Um, but if
2: she knew half the things I knew about you... <laughs> she would love me more. <laughs> she would
0: probably disown you. <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs>
1: Um uh, but yeah, it, um, I, I was I started ride uh, road riding with your dad. Um, that was really the deal. Your dad was really into it, um, and then uh, he bought you a bike when you were 13 years old. Um, and w- I'll let you share that story. Do, do, what, what do you remember about that? Um, that's
2: really, um, from the time they I remember a great deal about, my first real bike my parents bought me um and i don't think i'll ever forget it it was a giant boulder SE, um and they got it from you uh, at bicycle service center which was the local shop in town Um, they gave it to me for christmas it was one of those surprises where we're all uh, gathering around the tree christmas morning and opening up presents and i I mean, I kind of felt like I got shafted that morning because there wasn't a whole lot for me, you know, in the <laughs> beginning. And I know that's terrible to say, but I mean, uh, it was it was it was kind of light, you know. When you when you're when you're when you're a kid, you're, yeah, you're present count presence right? Let's you be know, honest. And you know the quota from last year, you know, and what what you're getting, and it's kind of like
0: <laughs> I think you present count all the way up until I don't know that it ends.
2: <laughs> So, so I'm like, wow, this kind of seems a little lighter. But then I was like, okay, you know, I'm, you know, I'm getting older and, you know, maybe there's just going to be less stuff. And, um, but, uh, they're like, okay, that's it. And I was like, okay. Um, and they're, they're like, well, hold on. There might be one more. And they're like, come down the hall. So we had a hallway in the house and, uh, from, from the living room and walk down the hallway. And then there it was, it was sitting in the hallway and I had a bow on it. And it was, it was a real mountain bike. Now, what kind of, what kind of led to them getting me a mountain bike is, um, I w- it, it was middle school at the time, and uh, I was I would I'd wait to get picked up, um, my parents p- pick me up or neighbors in the in the neighborhood we'd kind of carpool. So I remember waiting after school, and I remember and I'll never forget this memory. I remember a kid riding his bike. There was kind of this sloped hill at our school um and he rode his bike uh kind of jumping over this little hill and i was like wow that thing's really cool it has shocks it has you know on the front and back and he had mirrors hanging off the side and bar ends and all kinds of stuff like that i just thought that was the the coolest thing little did i know that was a walmart mgx mountain bike (laughs) like a total you know not very well made bicycle i didn't know at the time i literally had no clue it looked cool and you know, I wanted, So I went home and told my dad. I was like, I want to get one of those, and I think he, I've seen them at Walmart. You know, let's go check it out. Well, my dad, being the wise individual that he is, um, was like, looked at it and was like, you know what? I have a, I have a couple friends. Let me, let me talk to them and see, you know, what bicycles all entail and what mm. it's all about. So um, he did that and uh, found out that those bikes at department stores were garbage, according to his friends, and. Um, you know, from then uh he, he kinda started explaining to me the difference differences from what he gathered mm-hmm. of a bike bike shop quality bike and uh that's when they, they got me my first bike and it was Christmas and mm-hmm. um it was a hard tail so I, I quickly realized that um a real full suspension bike uh was not going to be in the budget. <laughs> uh, did you <laughs> sell
0: his parents the bike?
2: Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. So Jonathan um Jonathan sold them uh, the giant SC boulder. Yep. it was a hardtail. It was three hundred dollar ish bike. Yep. you know, mm-hmm. but you know the hardtail is good quality. It was well built. You know, and I remember my parents telling me like, "This is a nice bike. You know, um, you need to take care of it because it is a nice bike." And um, most of that stuck. Some of it, <laughs> you know, um, you know, didn't. but I definitely had pride in the bike, no doubt, because um, we lived on a cul de sac, so. I had probably you know s- six or seven good friends that all lived on the cul-de-sac. We all rode bikes. I was the only one that had a bike shop quality bike, so I took a lot of pride in that bike. Got it. Yeah.
1: Got it. Now, your, uh, the friend that your dad uh, was talking to, that was Eric, right? Yeah.
2: So uh, mm-hmm. my dad's work partner um, rode uh, rode and raced mountain bikes. Yeah. So he was uh, – and I think he even worked part-time at a bike shop for a little bit. Did he?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I remember is uh, at that age, um, uh, we – I got invited to mountain biking at Eric's house in Yucca Valley. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and uh, we ended up getting shuttled to, like, the backside of Big Bear something like that. There's, like, that Mitsubishi m- coal mining – gravel mining place or something like that. I just remember this up in Yucca Valley. And we climbed and climbed up these mountains <laughs> that were so stupid. And then it was so hot. And it was probably most, one of the most wonderful times I ever had because I was in the middle of nowhere. I didn't have a clue. We, we rode through a... Uh, a ghost town there's a ghost town up there right you know, like abandoned old you know like rodeo not rodeo but cowboy saloon-ish looking buildings you know right i am like wow like I, i'm st- i'm still really a city boy at this point meaning you know i'm i'm what t- t- 2 years into my into the bike bike industry so i'm new to all this and then I get to travel, you know, and so we were out there, whatever.
0: And this is at Bicycle?
1: At Bicycle Service Center, yeah. Again, service his, center. his dad invited me out, and then we went for a ride. And it was like a group of like eight guys or whatever. And yeah. I think you were along, but you probably, I don't know. I, I, don't, you, you may I not do
2: remember. remember a ride out there, um, and I remember that it was, it was nothing of my riding style because I immediately was gravitated towards jumping off stuff and we had this brick wall you know out in front of our house and it was well when i was smaller it seemed a lot bigger but (laughs) um i would it it was probably only about six inches in width on this brick wall and uh, i would actually ride and and ride on top of that brick wall and then at the end it dropped off and it was probably realistically like four and a half feet or so Uh um and i'd literally drop off the end on my my hardtail so i broke axles and did all kinds of stuff with that but that was that was more my riding style so when we went out on that ride all i remember is like you said it was climbing and i was like this is real mountain biking i'm like this is is yeah
0: things we struggle with today today. still and
2: eric you know eric was a was a beast yeah um and his brother too was actually a a big guy but just super strong like he would shear crank arms off ah yeah like Big dude, a lot of power, but actually rode really smooth. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that was my. I was like, huh. Well, I kind of like. We had some interesting trails, you know, up where we lived. That right. were definitely more on the aggressive side versus. Right.
0: So you were drawn to that. That was one of my questions: was how did you get into the downhill and uh, adventure? So you were drawn to that from the beginning.
2: Yeah, I and I and I honestly don't know what drew me to that other than the I like the rush of adrenaline I liked pushing myself
1: um to I, I don't know it, it was just it came well okay so so just to clue in our listeners here um so at this point we were living in Hemet right right and in Hemet uh we were fortunate to have some old motocross or dirt bike trails things like that so it was called Pachia Trail there's a Simpson Park trails Right, and, and there's just kind of a, a trail network that was already pre-established back in the '70s from the dirt bikers, right? So, uh, you, we th- you were already riding that, were you, at that point,
2: or did you? So sp- with har- my with my hardtail, I so my hardtail days, I had little trail uh, use of it, like real trail. Oh. It was mostly around the neighborhood, and then behind. Uh, you know behind our cul-de-sac of our house there was an open field and we had a bunch of kind of roller jumps that we had built as kid what kids okay. do you know in the fields um, but I had never i had I went up to Pachilla once with my brother's friends my mm-hmm. my brother's friend they were much older there's a 10 year age gap between me and my brother so mm-hmm. my brother's friends they were you know in, in late high school mm-hmm, years mm-hmm. Um, had real like full suspension mountain bikes mm-hmm. and they took me up to Pachilla one time and I was like Wow, this is really cool. But, yeah. uh, wow, I'd love to have a bike like yours because it seems like you could do, you can go faster, mm-hmm. and, more with it. Yeah. So.
1: Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. And then side note, you know, um, your your oldest brother and I were are the same age, right? Which makes it funny, you know, right. uh, early on that you and I were were more friends, uh, just because of the age gap, whatever. But and
2: that but that's kind of been standard throughout. Like, it's funny how many of my friends actually went to school with my older brothers. Like, I have quite a handful of individuals that know me because they went to high school with my brothers. It's, uh, it's yeah, interesting. <laughs> I always liked hanging out with older people, though. It just yeah. um, I, I don't know why. Yeah,
1: yeah, one of huh. those things. Um. Okay. So somewhere. Uh, I left Bicycle Service Center in 2001 to go to Giant. Now I didn't really say goodbye to anyone. Yeah. So <laughs> what happened? Because y- you're still bitter about this. So,
2: yeah. So, you know. Okay. So I had my I had my hardtail my my Giant SC bike and um, man I can talk a lot of time on this bike. But uh, basically I I loved I wanted to upgrade it right just like anybody on their bike you know. Yeah. You start going to the bike shop and you're like, whoa, this is cool. And I want to make my bike look like that, right? So, um, you know, basically I started throwing handlebars to it, valve cap, any, any tires, like anything to make it, you know, make it yours, right? Right. Um, and uh, that bike actually ended up getting stolen, which uh, is uh, kind of an in- interesting story in itself. I left it out in front at the end of the cul-de-sac, and some kids came by and stole a couple bikes. Um, to make the long story short, uh, the kid that stole it, his dad actually raced mountain bikes. So he made his kid buy me a new mountain bike, uh, ah. and that's where the oh. second I remember giant SE boulder before, came from. Yeah. So I actually had two of those hardtails. I had actually, the first one, I think, was just the regular boulder. And then his dad made him buy me the SC. Got it. Okay. Um, so that's where. So then the SE was the one that I really went to town on. You know, the bike was worth $300. Bucks, so I put a $300 front suspension fork on it, you know, that kind of <laughs> stuff. Even though, you know, and it's funny too, because I remember exactly you guys telling me, like, uh, hey, Um, it's not really worth it to put this... The same conversations we have. I was about to say, you can relate (laughs) to some of the people that come into the shop, right? I can totally relate, but it's different, you know, but I always try to remember when I was there and in in my shoes, and uh, I know what it's like when it's your bike and you want to make it yours. You don't think logically all the time with that kind of stuff, so you have to kind of remember those things, but... Anyways, so I was frequently the bike shop a lot, um, and Jonathan was there, and I don't know. It just there was just a good, good kind of vibe in the shop, and it was fun hanging out. Um, and it was I'd go mow lawns on the weekends, and I would get you know whatever twenty bucks, and I'd go over to the bike shop, have my parents take me down, and ride my bike down there, and I'd blow the twenty dollars on <laughs> stuff, which yeah. you know did I need it? No, but whatever. Um, and then so I got used to seeing Jonathan there. And all of a sudden, I go in one time, and he's not there. And he's not there. And I was like, "Huh, all right, well, this kind of sucks." <laughs> and uh, you oh, just yeah. you
0: just left in the cover of darkness, Jonathan. Is that no, what? Oh,
1: I mean, you know, I uh, uh, so I uh, apparently <laughs> I didn't realize the gaping hole that I would leave in Jordan's heart. Okay, you know. Uh, so uh, yeah, but keep going, keep going. I want to hear this.
2: Yeah, so uh, you were gone, and um, I kind of, I think I took a little hiatus on mountain biking because um, my parents, again, um, look up to my parents a lot, very wise people. And uh, they told me if, uh, you know, hey, we got your first mountain bike, if you want to get something else, we're not going to buy it for you. You need to work hard and save up and, you know, get something you want. So I was like, okay. Made sense to me. I'm gonna appreciate it more. Um, And uh, I knew that the bike that I wanted, and this is as I started looking at bikes, you know, I saw the price tags on them, and I was like, man, that's some just. I was always in awe of these two and three thousand dollar mountain bikes with the technology they had at the time, with the Full suspension, all that kind of stuff, and the disc brake. I didn't have disc brakes. There, disc brakes were on the, the the higher level stuff back then. Yep. Um, and I just thought that was just so cool. I mean, some of them look like miniature dirt bikes, and I was just, I was really drawn to the bigger travel downhill bikes. I think because they looked the coolest to me. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's actually, as I'm thinking about it, that's what got me to downhill because I thought that was a cool bike. And mm-hmm. wow, when you ride one, you're like, wow, I can smash a whole bunch of stuff with this thing. Um, so, but I knew that it was out of my range. So, um, through high school, you know, I was just kind of doing a little bit of this hobby, a little bit of that, got some summer jobs and started getting some money and, uh, you know, finally saved up enough to, uh, buy a real mountain bike. Um, it was a specialized big hit, full suspension, seven, eight inches of travel. I mean, a monster kind of downhill bike. Right. And, uh, I remember I bought it and was just still kind of riding it around the neighborhood and a little bit of like Pachia trail and I, I remember I brought it back into my school service center and you were back.
1: <laughs> 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 oh. I was like, okay. "Look at you. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> Welcome back." <laughs> so,
2: um that's a funny one okay. how long how how long were you going though I can't
0: three remember. years three yeah so all almost all of your high school then right or
2: yeah i mean it was uh
1: well 13 to 16 because again our story th- uh, the our history thickens at the age of 16 after you after your when second I, stint
0: at bicycle service center yeah
1: Right. So that was Junior High ultimately. Yeah. Okay. Right. So 16-year sophomore junior. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh freshman, sophomore. Sophomore. Yeah, there you go. Um so uh the, the other time I remember too is that like um I sold a bike to a guy named Joe. Um and Joe Anity. Right. Right. And uh, and then, so I, I agreed to go mountain biking with him, um, at Pachia Trail. And then, so we meet, we're chatting and then he, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, well, you know, one of my, one of my friends, um, he, you know, he said that, you know, there was like this, this uh, Asian guy, you know, at, at the bike shop, you know, and, and, uh, he, he left or whatever and he came back you know like are you him you know and i'm like yeah who are you talking about you know (laughs) like oh yeah his name's jordan you know like no way right you know and so it's just like this this full circle and i'm like wow man even jordan's just like just singing his his songs of sorrow to (laughs) his friends about me I'm like, man, this kid really misses man, me. Man, you're
0: very verbose with how Jordan feels oh, about you. I
1: am. <laughs> Might be
2: a little over the top, but
0: whatever. I'll let you keep going. <laughs> it's your show. Th- th- exactly. <laughs> Thank you for recognizing that, Jeff.
1: <laughs> what, what? So
0: I want to know, um, is this now the time that that you start working at the shop? Or do you just yeah. start hanging? So
1: I want to hear your side of the story because uh, I'll set this up.
0: Because you know, listeners want to know when he became, when he when he started yeah. becoming the bike whisperer. Totally, that's what. That's well, what well, we. That's that what that we was want.
1: many a years after Jeff, but uh, but the, it actually th- happened pretty quick. Oh please. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so at that time, once we once we reconnected, um, I was needing to hire another person at the bike shop part time. Blah blah, blah. Um, and so. I hit up Jordan and I front loaded him with a bunch of information. And this is the part where I'm going to let you take over because, well, it just sounds better when you, someone else says it. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you front
2: loaded me. So almost like, you know, getting the inside scoop on uh, a job interview, right? All the good, nice things to say, but you know, it's funny because I thought I was going to be like interviewing with the owner. Um, I really just remember interviewing with you. We just kind of did the same thing. So basically, Jonathan invited me to his house, um, and, you know, he kind of had a, a little shop set up in his garage, and, you know, he sh- you know, kind of showed me parts of the bicycle and kind of the basic tools and how you use a tool, how you hold a tool, um, you know, all that kind of stuff, which way a bike goes in the bike stand, all that kind of, you know, basic stuff, so that when I came in there... You uh, weren't going to look... I wasn't going to look dumb. Yeah. Right?
1: Um, and basically would nail the, the interview. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly, yes, I interviewed Jordan at the bike shop. But I wanted him prepped so that way it looked like he knew what he's doing. So it was huh. going to be easier for me to make the decision, make right. the pitch, whatever, you know? And I front-loaded you all that information. And you did a wonderful job. <laughs> Picked it up real quick. You did. You did, um, and then so at that point, uh, you started working part time, um, after schools, blah blah, right? Um,
0: same thing though. Did you? I mean, start assembling bikes and doing things like that, or?
2: Uh, yeah, assembling bikes and working on, uh, a lot of, not so good bikes, um, yeah, because, they really when you d- well a they didn't want me messing up the expensive bikes right <laughs> i think that was that mm-hmm. was first and, and foremost you know you don't trust you know i didn't i didn't know anything so you know why should i be working on that stuff so they you know it w- it started with fixing flats uh, building bikes and fixing flats i believe was was the first thing and um i just always remember that you know if jonathan or scott scott was the owner of, of the bike shop um both of them had n- extensive knowledge. Uh, Scott, Scott really, because he'd been in the game for...
1: Right. I mean, Scott taught me a, a very right. large chunk yeah. of my mechanical skills. Right. You know, and, 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 and b- b- he's old school, so he was really teaching us how to be mechanics versus technicians. Sometimes there's, you know, disparity between those two words. Just because a technician you're installing new parts on versus a mechanic you're actually fixing something, you know? So...
2: Right. So, um, yeah, between, and, and one thing Scott always said, and it might've been you that said this too, but it was just like, watch how I do this. And I'd watch how I do it and I would just repeat it. Um, you know, I was always fascinated by how things worked and wanted to learn how they worked and how they functioned. And, uh, you know, I, I just remember picking up on stuff fairly quickly and, the turning point, I remember, was Scott taking a vacation and you saying, I'm going to need to help out with doing more tune-ups and stuff, um, and that was kind of the throwing me to the fire and seeing how I did, and I remember it went good, and uh, yeah, that, that's that's what I recall. I don't know if you have a different...
1: I don't remember memory. that. Okay. Um, I, I mean, really, you know, the, the, the there's way more positives about, you know, you, you learning quickly and, uh, um, uh, me trusting you. I mean, there wasn't much doubt that I can remember. So either there, those bad memories I've, I've pushed into the, the, the archives, um, or you, you, uh, you, you were, uh. A shining star <laughs> in, in the heavens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, no, it was good. And then I remember, you know, we used to have our competitions about who would be uh, the brake master.
2: Oh, yes. The brake master. Yeah, I'm pretty much... Uh, yeah, I'm to toot my own horn. I was pretty awesome at brakes, not
1: going to lie. Mm-hmm. So, we had, so <laughs> at that time, again, it was pre-disc brakes. So, it was all about V-brakes and cantilever brakes and... Lots Uh, of tricks. Lots of tricks made those brakes work really well. So we we would again service these brakes, and when we just knew we did a really good job, we would call the other person over and be like, "Hey, Jordan, here, squeeze that (laughs) brake, squeeze it, just squeeze it." You know, and he would squeeze it, and you know, we would judge each other like, "Oh, that's good. That's okay. No, ah, no." You know, and it was like a literal honest, uh, honest, uh, 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 competition and and in the most like humbling of it was that we actually did acknowledge when the other person did a good job versus like ah oh, you know you, you're not going to give them the credit you know right. type thing um so
0: so you guys benefited from the competition but more importantly the customer benefited because oh, they, yeah. Oh, yeah. they were getting they were getting top-notch yeah. service right yes, totally
2: yeah well and it was also forcing us too to learn okay so you know Jonathan at the time had more more experience so i had to figure out how to what feel did i like in a break and how do i get the brake to feel that way so that's when you start trying different things you start trying different tricks and you develop your own tricks um you know one of one of my favorite ones that i liked was tightening the pivot screw up you know in the sloppy levers and getting your levers to feel nice and tight and crisp that was like a big one you know, you did that on a bike, and it's like, holy cow, these things feel. And I think Jeff, I, I've showed you that one. And, yeah, no, and um, it's
0: it's it's amazing yeah, how different they feel.
2: We totally pushed ourselves to try to figure out, you know, how to mm. how to get brakes. Yeah, know, great. Yeah,
0: no. So even back then, Jonathan, I know you're a big advocate of like on on because everything was cable driven. Is that where the the idea of flushing or lubing or or you know putting oil and penetrating oil in the housing? Was that was that a practice back then, or was yeah. that something that was always done, and y'all sort of picked it up? It, or w-
2: it was called Johnny Snot. Oh,
0: really?
1: Well, so. literally, the brand was called Johnny, Johnny Snot. Snot. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it was like a light grease or whatever that you would lube up the the, lube the, up
2: the cable. actual cable with, uh-huh. which evolved kind of like Shimano SP41 grease. Yeah, yeah. Is basically, what it, right, right? Her but grip, no, grip shift I
1: mean, grease. Certainly, though. Like, I mean, uh, uh, the 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 lessons or the the training that I I've been giving you guys and how I want things to feel. Mm-hmm. These are 20 15-year-old tricks, you yeah, know, that have been I mean, that are proven. Yeah, yeah, they're proven and and we, you know we 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 know what people are 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 looking for, you know. Um, I don't know if I said this before, but when someone's looking at a bicycle, w- what they do is they 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 stand by the bicycle, they put their hand out onto the grip. And what's the first thing they do without Squee- even knowing it? Squeeze the they brakes. Squeeze the brakes. Yeah. Right. Back then, again, it wasn't hydraulic disc brakes, so it was actual cable brakes. So if you squeeze in, and if it was very difficult to squeeze, well, this is not a good bicycle. Right. 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 Good, right?
2: good bikes had low friction, really easy pull. Yeah. So no, no friction in the cables.
1: Um, springs that were really good and had good positive return. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they would literally judge this bicycle. It was crazy. So it was so important that those brakes are dialed, and that's why I'm hard on you guys, right? You know about brakes. How the gotta brakes be do. dialed?
2: Yeah. Well, and that's and you know before I before I forget, you know I didn't touch anything with disc brakes for the longest time. So it was all I worked on was cantilever brakes, V brakes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it, and it was. It was older older cheaper bikes you know um but that's how you kind of got a foundation for uh you know the mechanical nature and workings of a lot of these bikes and figuring out how to make things work better because at that point in time we were still we were overhauling shifters a lot more than we were replacing stuff we were we were overhauling hubs a lot more than we were replacing wheels so it's the same thing I think in the automotive energy in- you know uh, industry now I mean most most newer cars you don't overhaul an engine component you just replace it right you know something goes bad you just replace it and even a lot of newer bikes that's kind of mm-hmm. it's going to it's the manufacturers saying like well we don't recommend servicing this portion of this component right just replace it when it goes bad so but when I started in the in, in the bike shop um, you know, I learned from a guy who literally was working on, you know, old, uh, you know, old, old Schwinn's uh, teaching me how to overhaul, you know, Bendix uh, coaster brake hubs and, yep. um, you know, uh, that that kind of stuff, yeah. which y- you don't really even see that stuff anymore. But nope. uh, that's how the thing is that that all left a foundation mm-hmm. to build off of. And that yep. was back when you were actually learning to fix things um yeah so you build that
0: foundation and and the foundation or the basic mechanics of a bicycle haven't changed it's just the technology and how that action works like you know the friction the cable pulling moving the derailleur up and down a cassette that's all been around it's just now it moves more you're traveling a little more but if you Mm -hmm. you know built it if you're Mm -hmm. building your foundation from where you're going up you know friction lever not even click lefters you know so you mm. do develop that good foundation so that's uh yeah
2: yeah and, and in a lot of ways i mean working in a bike shop at that point in time and the bikes that we were working on was easy in my opinion as comparison I to today
1: we will agree with that I would mean, you th- agree that's with its that? own that's its own oprah but <laughs> i mean th- the evolution of bicycles and how things yeah um it just uh, it
2: either was shifting or it wasn't shifting. Well, you know. Right? So
1: today, we we we, we you know uh, uh, let a uh, old, nine two thousand era, uh, yeti go home with XTR components, nine speed XTR that was of that time. Yeah, and I w- was just in awe of just how beautiful that bike was. And that the gearing was still functioning, and it was crisp and solid.
0: And those brakes.
1: I remember those brakes. Those are V-brakes, man. Yeah, I know. And the fact that you could say those brakes are awesome. Right. Like, dude, cherry, you know? So, I mean, I went down memory lane today and yesterday when we were working on the bike, and just like, man, this is so cool. But it was simple. It was simple. There I don't even so know what to say anymore. Yeah, well,
0: when you turn a screw and it was supposed to do something, it actually did it. Yeah. You know, so you can make adjustments and you could yeah. work on it because when you actually fixed or did something, mm-hmm. it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, we I am sorry. We, we digress. Um, w- so, with Jordan, uh, uh, you w- I quickly made you a key holder. You were still in high school. Yep. And... Um. That was
2: a big responsibility thing for me. I remember that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, really, um, if there was ever a person in my life that I could say, I taught him everything I know, it's you. And to your credit, this is why I love you. (laughs) You've you've taken that and then you've excelled beyond all that. So, I mean, today, you know more than me. Okay. Um, uh, But... I guess like in the most essence of it I taught him everything I know which wasn't much <laughs> and then you laid a foundation for me to build off of Aww. and I take
2: Thank- that knowledge and you know went from there there you go
1: I guess so we can just end it right here really <laughs> I mean that's all <laughs> I have to say about that Oh, by the way, <laughs> by the way, by the way, I I swindled Jordan uh, during this pr- this time. I swindled Jordan into a get rich quick scheme. <laughs> <laughs>
2: market, market, America. Yeah, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> we can do it better. <laughs> so,
1: so. Market America <laughs> is like it's like about a threefold uh uh uh, uh system here, so it's multi-level marketing. It's like but, marketing. Oh, <laughs> it <was> multi-level marketing, multi-level <laughs> marketing, and then so there was a nutritional supplement side, right? And it was like Isogenics. And or whatever. this is
2: why th- this is when we were working at bicycle. search. Yeah, so This yeah. was extra credit before we started work in the morning.
1: Correct. <laughs> right. Right. So the <laughs> shop would open at ten. We would meet at seven so that we can make cold calls to the east coast (laughs) right in the phone book okay (laughs) all right so because the
2: internet really wasn't
1: no so it was we were still on dial-up at that point.
2: right so the web wasn't what it was but it was it was in that point where the web was exploding though
1: right so you know domains were starting to come out websites how do you build a website oh my goodness right and then so there was these templates, you know, that were happening. The webmasters were creating those templates. And then, therefore, part of Market America was to sell uh, a website, right, and get people to get uh, to form their websites. And then there would I'd be IT, spec- IT people to help them do the website. But we had to sell it. And if we did sell it, it was like $400 commission, you know, if we sold one. And we sold about half. Half Point five, half of one. Meaning we never closed the deal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I want to say it was more than four hundred. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of money. Because I feel maybe four hundred bucks. I'm not getting out of bed at seven. I am. don't remember, but it was it was, was enough was to get bigger, us out of bed. Yeah, it was. You know, you know how they always get you in those. Get rich quick schemes. Right. Yeah, it's like, right, right. You know, here's this guy who's been doing this, and, you know, now he has people under him that are closing deals, and he's not even having to, you know, work Not a even whole having lot to get up he's anymore. He's getting a paycheck. So, yeah, that was our, our um,
1: That was the goal? <laughs> it was the goal. Yeah, yeah. And so we figured, you know, at 7 a.m., uh, people on the West Coast are still asleep, but hey, East Coast is three hours ahead. So these guys are already in business so we can call these people, right? And all we had to do is get them interested and then we would set up an appointment and then they would link up with a IT specialist and, man, we did that for like two or three months solid. He would come over in the morning and <laughs> in this this, bo- this kid was committed. <laughs> he was committed. Thought, thought I was going to be, uh, you know, thought we were
2: going to get rich.
0: Thought you were going to
2: man it was the hardest i thing. got i got sucked into the, in the <laughs> whole never again you know never never again have i and you know the funniest thing about this whole uh multi-level marketing is guess who did get sucked into it scott yeah
1: <laughs> so scott's the odor and yeah. he's actually doing okay but yeah he, he made it
2: work he made it work. With him. But that guy would make anything work. Yeah. I mean, he was He's just. He's coming to the shop
0: once or twice, No, He way? has. He yeah. Had to okay. visit okay. us. Yep. Yeah. 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 And
2: he, yeah. Um, you know, very, very smart man, not only in fixing bicycles, but running a business. Yeah. He could run a business and knew what it took and could do. It doesn't matter if it was bicycles, because before bicycles, he was doing rollerblades and mm-hmm. skates.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, again, a, a lot of my business acumen, you know, has come from Scott. Right. You know, and really, you know, so we really shout out. He's not going to listen to this. But, you know, Scott Kent, you know, he's out there and he's a wonderful guy. You know, he's he's, he's done wonderful things for us. But, but
0: you left Bicycle Service Center again, right? For Coca-Cola? I, it, or? No,
1: no. Um, so I was at Bicycle Service Center, whatever, until 2006. And one of our customers recruited me to join his business, uh, which was j- in general contracting. Oh, okay. Right, right, <laughs> and for three months. Right. Until I got laid off, that was sad, because that was a housing bubble, and he didn't know it because he was make he was making money just right. L- l- it was bleeding out the system, um. So he you d- you
2: kind of was trying to you yeah. realize that and was trying to put the correct on it
1: correct right yeah so at that point you know um i was kind of honing honing in on my my expertise you know um which was really just a, a business development um and so i saw him i saw them spending a lot of money and i was ho- kind of drilling down on it they didn't like that idea and as well as the fact that just you know Things were already kind of caving in, so within three months, I was laid off, but at that point, it was like, okay, time to move on, and then that's why I ended up going to Jack's.
0: But you're still at Bicycle Service Center, though, right?
2: Yeah, so once Jonathan left, um, I was kind of the senior man at that point, uh, besides Scott, and Scott uh, slowly but surely gave me more and more responsibility Basically, as there was never any titles, right at at Bicycle Service Center because it was he was the owner and we're just his employees, and I was okay with that. I mean, there was was never any need for me to say, "Well, I'm the man." None of us really was like, "Well, I'm the man." It was like, you don't, you're not happy with something, like there's the owner, and the owner (laughs) would tell you straight up, yeah, like that was kind of some of the joys of of retail when you're working for a single owner because, you know, it, well, I mean, times were still <laughs> different back then too, but... Simple. We didn't have a a, a computer th- register. Yeah, everything was handwritten receipts. So yeah. guess what? I learned how to count back change. And it was funny because people were always impressed when you count back their change. Yeah, count it, um, yeah. And they didn't, like, they would, you know, they try to confuse you by, like, you know, oh, it's, you know... Whatever you know, and they give you that quarter, and then it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, like you try to do that with a kid nowadays, you know. And if they didn't have a cash register to type in the exact amount, they would, you know, freak out. So, but, mm. you know, uh, everything was paper receipts, and really, until really, even after I left, I we never had a computer there. Yeah, we had a register. We actually finally got a register, not just a cash drawer in a drawer.
1: <laughs> we actually got like a <laughs> cash register at one
2: point. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, so anyways, um, so Jonathan left. Um, I took over Bicycle Service Center and uh, expanded my my knowledge.
1: There were a couple times (laughs) that I went back to help because they needed (laughs) help. Um, Yeah, so uh, I remember we needed
2: help, and Jonathan, and at at this point, I'm thinking, this is my show now, you know, this is my territory, right? Yeah. Jonathan comes back to help out, it was like, for one Saturday, (laughs) and... I think we 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 almost lost it at each other because I was running it the way I was running it, and he came in and, and wanted Jonathan to wanted it running run it. another yeah, way. Exactly. Oh, that's odd. Yeah. Um, <laughs> How strange and, and, is that? And I was like, "Wow, we. I don't know what happened, but we can't work together anymore." <laughs> I was like. Yeah, it just wasn't it. We were at each other's. Thro- I, it just wasn't good from what I remember. Oh yeah, that one day. Yeah. it was pretty. No, bad. No, I was so upset and just like I can't believe this. Is I think how it, you I run think maybe story. yeah. You were just like harping on me on like all kinds of was.
1: things. I was like, what are you like? <laughs> yeah. Who are the you? The fact that I can remember that day is yeah. yeah yeah.
2: And it was just a one day thing, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, well, well, it was just different than how you left it, and yeah, you right. didn't like it. Uh-huh. So oh, yeah, our yeah. management styles have always been a little different in right. how we run things. Um, Jonathan is is um <laughs> 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 He's trying to be nice right now. <laughs> so we have this thing called a DISC. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So and it, it's a personality test, right? A behavioral behavioral test. Mm-hmm. And there's there's certain levels of behavior. There's, you know, I don't want to get into it. It's going to take too much time. But basically, there are people who are really detail-oriented, and then there are people who are drivers, people who will do whatever it takes to bust down walls to get stuff handled and get it done. Yeah. Your drivers are typically your managers, your owners of businesses and stuff like that. They'll do whatever it takes to get that sale, right? Your detail-oriented people are typically your... Um, can be mechanics, um, but more like inventory control and, you know, making sure that the process is followed. So if you're going to sell a bike, you need to make sure the bike's on the ticket, it's the correct bike, it's a serial number. Your operations. Your operations yeah. are, are dialed, right? Are you detailed, I was
0: Jonathan? Mm-hmm.
2: I'm a driver. Yeah. So whatever it takes to get done. I don't care if the operation is a little whatever. I got the money in the drawer, and we're moving forward. So that, I'm not saying, is the best way, and I've um, realized that, and I've tried to become more detail-oriented as best as I can um, because I can cause problems, Right. which is why owners will typically have <laughs> detail-oriented people and operation managers to work for them because they will just make a mess out of everything. <laughs> To, so, to come and through and clean up the rubble, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, basically, he saw my operations weren't super good, though the store was doing great, you know, and that's what I was like. I was like, what are you talking about? We're, <laughs> we're, we're killing it right now. And you're like, well, you're, you know, your store's a mess and different things like that. So, But at the same time, as much as at that time, I was young and I, I look back on it now and I get it. Right. Yeah. And guess what? I got it so much that, you know, fast forward a bunch of years and we're now working together again. Right. Um, because we make a good team. We do. Because yeah, no, for sure. He's detail oriented, even though he still harps on me all the time. But I get it. Right. Um, and I'm the go getter. I'm going to go make it happen and get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is why, though we can butt heads. I think we understand each other and yeah. where we're coming from. And and so through all of this
0: process is that you're constantly just honing your mechanical skills, right? And just...
2: Yeah, so... Um, because
0: you're like pretty incredible in troubleshooting and just it's, you know, Jonathan, what's wrong with this? I don't know, ask Jordan. Jordan, you just <laughs> walked by and says, well, tighten that bolt and then do that. And it was like, okay. And then that fixes it. So it's like, hence the bike whisper. So is it just because of all the years of working with like older technology and just
2: that definitely laid the foundation. Um, but it's, it's always, so I've always been fascinated with how things work and had appreciation for it. And if I didn't know how something worked, I wanted to dig into it to see how it worked. Um, you know, that's how, when I started after, you know, you do so many flat fixes and tune ups and general tune ups, you like to try to go more specialized, like, you know, mountain bikes were always my passion and I was always intrigued by suspension and how it worked because, uh, a suspension wasn't worked on a lot mm-hmm. and it was kind of a, a new thing for a lot of bike shops and like, Oh, we don't touch that. That, that goes back to the manufacturer. I was like, well, why does it go back to the manufacturer? Like let's open that thing up and see how it works. Mm-hmm. And back to my giant boulder days, uh, when I got my, when I spent $300 on that Manitou fork expert, uh, um, <laughs> I wanted to see how the stupid thing worked, right? Right. So, um now this was the thing was all it was pretty beat and clapped out at this point. Um it was leaking and all kinds of stuff like that. Probably wasn't worth rebuilding. I took it upon myself to figure out how to disassemble it. Um and I learned. I learned what worked. I learned that when you take the foot nuts out of the bottom of the fork to remove the lowers, the lowers didn't just come off. Yeah. You had to, you know, loosen the uh, the footnuts and kind of bang them in there a little bit to drop the lower to the fork. And I know I'm getting kind of technical, but, um, you know, it was those constant things, and it was using resources. It was calling places like Fox um, and asking them, like, hey, I'm trying to do this. How does this work? And them just, you know, telling, telling me you. how mm-hmm. things work. Mm-hmm. And I just, it was the, it was the wanting to know how things worked.
1: I remember at that point you um you and Scott were actively overhauling uh Marzocchi, uh forks.
2: Yeah. Marzoki uh and then, you know, with a lot of our higher end uh clients in the area, um Fox was becoming a big player. Um yeah. you know, and then um I spent a lot of time with the guys at Fox and developed some uh relationships and friendships and stuff at Fox and you know, guys I could call to, you know, ask them. And, and a lot of it kind of came from working on my own stuff too because I knew I could experiment on my stuff and if I broke something, okay, I'll call Fox and I'll see, you know, how I fix it the right way. So it was kind of that trial and error and just learning over... Only things that you get over time, right? Yeah. Um, so I always liked getting into stuff that... Um, was kind of a mystery for a lot of people I like mm-hmm. knowing how to do stuff that
0: and you didn't have that interest Jonathan no
1: I didn't yeah I mean because again I remember they they was they started getting into it and at that point it was me more ordering the tools for them you know and that's all I cared about uh, I ju- I remember at one point he was working on a marzoki fork and I was just l- kind of looking literally dire- literally over his shoulder and I went huh okay and then I <laughs> went about doing my other business but i I remember vividly looking at him and going nope i'm not me and then i thought
2: it was such an inconvenience too you know not i wasn't i don't think at that age i was thinking like man this sucks for the customer that we'd have to send something out to manufacture to get fixed right but i was i was more frustrated with myself because it was something i couldn't fix Yeah. I hate not, I hate being stumped and I hate not being able to fix things. It drives me nuts. So um, it was more of me just, I don't want to have to send this out for something that I'm sure we could probably do ourselves with the right knowledge and know how. And that's kind of where all that came about.
0: So that started at Bicycle Service Center and you brought it to your current, that kind of drive and desire to.
2: I think so, yeah, because, uh, you know, uh, so Jonathan left Bicycle Service Center again, and he ended up working for Jax. Well, Jax, I remember um, when Jax Marietta was going to open, Scott was saying, like, hey, there's a new player that's going to be in the area that we need to really be stepping our game up because these guys are a big show, and... Know we don't want them taking business away from us and different things like that, right? Um, little did I know and Scott know that Jonathan was gonna headhunt me <laughs> <laughs> and pull me out of there to go work in the n- bicycle shop that was
1: being built in the Marietta area, yeah. Yeah, I found out, um, in 2006, end of 2006, I started at Jack's and I was working in the Irvine location, and then. Uh, in about mid-2007, that's when Dave Hansen offered to me Marietta, but it was still just a piece of dirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it was kind of d- during the the, the whatever the recession type thing, whatever. And so just kind of squeaking by. And then at one point or another, sooner or later, that building would be built and the business would open. And then that could be my store um, because of the vicinity I, that I was. You were still living in Hemet. Still living in Hemet, and Dave started to trust me. Apparently, yeah, you know. Um, so, uh, in 2009, when things started to get real, then I reached out to Jordan and said, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the, certainly we're we're starting, we're opening a the shop here, and uh, do you want to come over and be my sales manager?"
0: Oh, so you didn't even come over as as no. sir? Serv- yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, I, I came over
2: as sales manager officially, but with a uh, uh, knowing that I well, was what we call a hybrid.
1: Yeah. Right. So we we, um, w- when we started the store, we didn't start with a service manager. So it was me and Jordan, that would that really was the deal, um, and uh, because Jordan and I had really the same background and being a hybrid at a at a small bike shop. You have to be a hybrid. There's no sales manager, service manager. Again, right. there's no titles, really, right? Uh-huh. You do everything. Um, so I knew that he and I could do everything, and that's really the deal. However, at Jack's, we wanted titles, so therefore I gave him the sales manager, uh, title. And for what it's worth, the sales manager title just, you know, tends to hold a little more clout with customers, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so. But anyhow, brought him over as a manager of anything. Um, and we did well. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, again, we'll, we won't have to keep talking about, you know, more of that stuff. But um, so, yeah, um, I headhunted you, brought you over, and then um, that kind of bumps got out. And I was I was a little bit, you know kind of felt guilty about that, too. Yeah, that
2: that was a hard one to to say goodbye to because, you know, I really, and I told Scott this when I was leaving, um, just how much I had learned and how much of an impact he had on my life. Yeah. Um, He was definitely, I would say, he was, at least it seemed like he was sorry to see me go. Um, But, uh, yeah, that was a hard one to do because of just, yeah, what I learned there and everything that they had done for me, you know. So, but at the same time, like there was no, there was no making more money. At, at, I was actually, I was, I was leaving bicycle service center no matter what because at the time I was actually, I had just graduated uh, EMT school, and uh, I actually was hired on at an ambulance company. Yeah. The same day Jonathan called me with an offer so um, I knew after after doing clinicals and doing things in the EMT world in the medical field I wasn't 100 percent in love with it and I found out that um, if you want to be successful at that you need to be 100 percent 100 because dedicated of yeah what 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 you're dealing with um, it's not it's not for everyone yeah um, and it's not easy work so um, I made the decision to stick with something I knew really well and that I knew I liked enough, mm-hmm. and uh, I took the opportunity at at Jack's, and um, yeah, here we are.
0: And the rest is history. Yep, as they say, more to the story, I'm sure.
1: Oh
2: yeah. So,
1: I th- I think th- was this good? Was this this this? Do you think this helps? Uh, at least uh, let our listeners know uh, a
0: little bit of Jordan's backstory mm-hmm. and where you come from. No, mm-hmm. I thought it was really good, uh, and you did a really good job. For Sony who did said he didn't know how he was going <laughs> to do, so he came across really well. So well, in fact, that I'd like to invite you back for another show if you're Sweet. if you're down to making the trip. So
1: yeah, okay. So a little bit of a teaser for next week. Um, uh, so certainly, Jordan has excelled at th- his mechanical skills and sorts. And uh, uh, Jordan has made a uh, a name for himself uh, within our uh, cycling community with suspension service. Um, this has to do with the mountain bikes and um, the uh, the ability to actually service the stuff with uh, outside of uh, sending um, um, suspension parts back to the manufacturers and have to wait a long time right. so again we're going to explore some of that but uh there's a lot of nuance uh it's going to get a little bit techy um on the uh suspension side but at the same time we're going to build some foundation uh for our listeners so that you guys can appreciate the, the a little importance bit more about yeah suspension. and what it does so yeah yeah how's that so I hope that helps.
0: You know, it does help. You yeah. know, looking forward to it. See how it goes. Yeah, get him back in here again and uh, get another get mm-hmm. another uh, episode into books. So, Jordan, oh, thanks sure. for coming out. Thanks for making the trek. Jor- Jonathan, as always, you know, you look right over your shoulder there. What do you see? Yep, that's the weekend. You can see it from here. Get out there, guys. Have fun. Enjoy life. Live it. Ride it. Hike it. Kayak it. Whatever. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks. See you guys.
1: Off we saying. That's what Rosetta Stone did for me. That's all I have to say. Nice.